Arachibutterophobia. What? <laughs> what is that? <laughs> Come on, Matt. What is arachibutterophobia? It's the fear of something. Arachibutterophobia. Yeah. Arachibutterophobia. Well, arach, like spiders. <laughs> Arachnophobia. Yeah. Sp- yeah. Butter, butterophobia. Oh, my goodness. It is the fear of spiders covered in butter running after you. That. <laughs> That would be that'd be terrifying, but no, arachibutterophobia is an interesting fear, and it's the fear of peanut butter sticking to the roof of your mouth. Oh no way! Yeah, that is weird. That I, don't, I wouldn't say I'm afraid of that, but I don't necessarily like that. But you know what? I I love it. I eat a lot of <laughs> peanut butter, and I just eat it by the spoonful. It's like I have a different fear that's maybe a little bit similar. And I, so I chew a lot of gum, but if I see other people chewing gum, it makes me really uncomfortable because I keep thinking they're going to choke. Really? Yeah. It's, I've had to just, I had to just teach myself to just relax when I see other people chewing gum. <laughs> but you have no issue with you chewing gum. You, you I don't think you're going to no. choke. <laughs> wow. But I always think other people are going to choke. That's so funny. Okay. Let me give you one. How about astrophobia? Astrophobia. Uh, well, I would I would think that it has to do with you're terrified of driving a Vauxhall Astra. No way. Or you're just or Astra like as like the astral like galaxy stars. It's maybe you're really scared of close. That's closer. Scared of stars. Scared of the night sky. Scared of space. Too too high up, but closer. Scared of the moon, the sun, come clouds. Further back to earth. (laughs) (laughs) You've gone too far. Come back. Um, Scared of the sky. Close. So it's it's the fear of thunder and lightning. Okay. Astrophobia, because obviously we refer to thunder and lightning as astras. Yeah, we do. Apparently. (laughs) Well, yeah, my poor dog. So we just got a dog a few, oh, yeah. a couple of weeks ago. Well, uh, she's a whippet cross with some other oh. varieties. She's really sweet, but she's really scared of all the, um, or scared of lightning and really scared of fireworks and all that. But yeah, but she's a sweet dog. I mean, to a dog, that stuff is just when the sky just shouts really loud, right? Exactly. If you, don't, <laughs> if you have no concept of what those things are, then yeah, the sky is just like falling. <laughs> exactly. Well, guys, welcome to the Thrive Podcast. My name's Ruben, and I'm joined by the effervescent Matt Allen. There it is. Little, uh, <laughs> little adjective. Eff- effervescent or vivescent? Um, I, don't, I don't really know. Effervescent? Effervescent, yeah. yeah. So Either way, it's true. I am both of those things. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever they mean. <laughs> so here at Youthscape, if you are listening and you are familiar with Youthscape, you might know Matt because he's been around for a long time. But Matt, you've recently left uh, Youthscape and joined the yeah. police force. Can you tell us a little bit about that, what that's been like? Um, I can't actually tell you anything. It's all very top secret stuff. <laughs> that's a joke. It's, no, yeah, I have. I have left Youthscape and that's really sad. But yeah, but yeah, joined the police force and I'm really enjoying it, to be honest. At the moment, I'm just sitting in a classroom learning lots mm. of different laws. So it's it's relatively like boring in some sense i find it quite interesting but yeah it's it's just 
sitting in classroom at the moment. Mm. Nothing too crazy. And so what was the, why did you, why did you decide to join the police force? Um, super quickly. I've, I've always been interested in it. I've always, I've mm. always been sort of fascinated by it. all the TV shows and a number of my family members have been in the, in the police force. And, um, yeah, I, I love Youthscape. I love, I love working with young people. Um, and I've been, been there for five years and, um, I just fancied sort of something a bit different, like a new challenge. Um, mm. and, um, and so that's why I sort of, yeah, I'm just, I'm, I'm really enjoying it. It is good fun. I want to be a youth worker in the police force. Like mm. I've still got, like, I still love young people. I, I still think they're awesome. Um, yeah. And that's, that's definitely one thing I want to do is be a youth worker, but in the police force. That's awesome. That's yeah. been really good. Um, so in today's episode, we are talking all about fears and phobias. And later on, we're going to hear from some young people and we're going to hear from a professional in the healthcare field about fears and phobias. But Matt, what are you afraid of? What are what's some of your own phobias? I feel like I used to be quite anxious and quite like fearful of things. Mm. And I feel like as I've sort of gotten out gotten older I've kind of made the choice to be like I'm, I, I don't want to be afraid of stuff and so I kind of like and I guess the way I've sort of done that is by thinking like super logically about stuff like for example fear of the dark right you know when you're at the bottom of the stairs and the light switch is at the bottom of the stairs <laughs> and you kind of like brace yourself and you reach over and then you flick the light off and then you sprint you down the stairs so the monsters don't eat your feet, right? <laughs> I remember being like that. And then one day thinking like, just logically, like what is, there's n what is gonna come out when the mm -hmm. lights turn off? Nothing, because I'm in my house, like everyone's in bed, right? Yeah. There's nothing there. And that, I found that really helpful. So over the years, I've like desperately tried to like stop being uh, afraid of things like that. However, I am terrified of heights <laughs> and then <laughs> when you're really high up something, uh, high up, it, be it like rock climbing or like on a bridge and leaning over, then I still get that feeling of, I didn't mm. like that feeling in your gut mm. of just. But that feels like the fear of heights feels like it feels pretty irrational. Like in yeah. a lot of ways, I can understand why people are afraid of heights. Afraid of the dark feels a little bit more irrational because yeah. it's a fear of the unknown, but you kind of do know what, because it's this, exactly the same things that are there when the light is on. It's <laughs> yeah, the things that exactly. are there when the light is that's, off. <laughs> that's the crazy thing. Nothing changes when the light is off. Exactly. Like. And then when you're in bed and you're afraid, it's like my duvet is going to protect me yeah, from right? everything. And so if my foot is out of the duvet, that foot <laughs> is vulnerable. <laughs> Whip it back in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah and for some reason, that just gives you a sense of protection. And I think that speaks a lot about why we are afraid of things. Yeah. And it's because it's so subconscious. So some people are afraid of the most random things. I remember I saw a TV show where someone was like really terrified of chickens. Oh, no, no, no. There was only, they were really terrified of uh, cotton wool, like oh, cotton yeah, buds. Wow. And then they had someone come out covered in cotton buds to scare them. And it's like, we have these fears that are somehow associated to just complete terror and threat yeah. that are completely irrational. Like yeah. when I was a kid, I was so scared of the sound of a toilet flushing. <laughs> and I, I don't know why, but I would flush a toilet and I would run out and I would shut the door. Just like you would if you were switching off the lights at the bottom of a stairwell. Yeah. And I wow. don't know why I had that fear. And it took me a long time. Like it was years where I was 
really scared that is, of the toilet flushing. That is an odd one. Yeah. But the way that it works is something happens that our brain detects as a threat. And then your your brain is like trying to protect you. You have a kind of like a danger alarm going off in your head. So say, for example, you're, you're driving in a car and you are in an accident. And next to you in the car was, say, a bunch of cotton wool. Your brain would associate, sometimes, not always, would associate that cotton wool with a threat because your brain doesn't think rationally like, like your conscious brain does. And so as a way of protecting you in the future, when your brain sees cotton wool, it might associate that with danger. And so you might completely forget that and it's totally subconscious, but that's how you develop a phobia of cotton wool. And these kinds of things happen like without you even realizing where your brain imprints yeah. on random things. And like, that kind of makes sense, doesn't it? Like that kind of, that kind of makes sense in the sense that like if something scary has happened, Mm-hmm. and those things were there, you kind of would naturally like connect them, like exactly. connect the cotton wool to that scary accident. So yeah. in some sense, it, it kind of makes sense. It's not like logical. No. Because if you think logically, if you think whatever, quote unquote sensibly, then a cotton wool couldn't even hurt a fly. So <laughs> like, yeah. next time you have a piece of cotton wool, throw it out a fly and see what happens. Nothing, <laughs> nothing will happen. I That's bet you, you would not be able to hit the fly. Do you reckon? Yeah, I reckon. Flies are quick. But it's the same, a, a, a common analogy that's used is, say you're in a room and there's a red lamp and suddenly a lion storms in. Yeah. Next time you see a red lamp, your brain is going to think that means a lion is coming. The last time I was in a room with a red lamp, a lion came in. Exactly. And so I don't know what happened that made me really scared of the sound of a flushing toilet, but I yeah, think wow. it was something like that. What, a, a lion coming in just as you had flushed the loo? <laughs> what? Yeah, who knows? You need to start shutting But like your maybe when I was a little kid, there was, there was lightning or something that yeah. gave me a big fright. And while I was on the toilet or something, yeah. it could be, it could be anything. I mean, if you don't know what the sound of a toilet flush is, yeah, it's quite like an aggressive noise, isn't it? It is, yeah. Because it's like the instant rush of water, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So now we're going to hear from some young people that I interviewed to hear about some of their fears and phobias and how they think we can overcome them. I'm afraid of the dark. I have been ever since I was little um, and I sleep with like LED strip lights on now because I, I don't like the dark. Um, it just, I think it's just the fear of the unknown and just like, I just don't like it. I like it to be light. I don't like the dark. And like, I'd always have to turn the light on if I go into my room or if I, if I go upstairs and... I'm scared of my downstairs bathroom. <laughs> like I'm deathly scared of it. When I was little, my dad told me there was a pipe monster in our house. And to this day, I still kind of believe it. I don't know why, I'm 18. At my big age, I'm still like, oh, my, your pipe monster trying to eat me. But um, <clears throat> it sounded like a tap dripping. And in our downstairs bathroom, it's not renovated. And it, I used to like convince myself there was a bear in there. Even though I know that bears aren't in England. Also like films can yeah. um, like influence it. If you see like one scary film, you're like, oh wait, that might actually happen. Like this place in my house, that will happen. 
because I'm also scared of spiders. And the other day, oh, there was like a spider in the corner of my room. And I was like psyching myself up. I was like, I've got this, I can kill it. But then I was like, you know what? Actually, I'm not going to go to bed tonight. I'm going to just think about this one spider in the corner of my room. And I talked to my friend about it and she was like, oh, I'm here with you. And I was like, it's not the same thing. Because like the person who's not scared of the thing, they're going to see it as irrational. But because you're completely like thinking this is terrifying, it's harder to get over that because you don't want to put yourself in a situation. Because I would like to go over my fear of spiders, but at the same time, I don't want a spider anywhere near me. <laughs> so it's kind of weird like that. So today we're joined by a very special guest. Uh, we have Dr. Kate Middleton on the line with us. She is a psychologist, an author, a speaker, and one of the directors of the Mind and Soul Foundation and a million other things that I that I couldn't that I can't fit into the short space. So Kate, it's an absolute honor to have you here. Um, hey, well, it's great to be with you. First of all, the question I have to ask is, has anybody ever introduced you without making a comment about how you are not married to Prince William? Uh, every once in a while, but it's almost more shocking when they don't mention it. Sometimes I get new jokes. That's surprising and impressive. <laughs> I'm always impressed if someone makes a new joke about it. Yeah. Well, my mom was very impressed with me when I told her I'm having an interview with Kate Middleton. Um, so we've been speaking about fears and about phobias. And, um, and I shared, uh, I was very vulnerable and shared a very bizarre fear that I had when I was a child. I was absolutely terrified of the sound of a flushing toilet. Um, okay. So not the deep childhood trauma. Yeah, we 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 weren't able to figure out quite where that fear came from. Uh, you and I will have to talk offline about that. <laughs> we thought maybe it was lightning that struck, and then that noise kind of made me have that response. But. What are some of your thoughts on why we develop fears and, uh, and sometimes how fears can be really irrational? What, what can we understand about fear? Yeah, fear is such an interesting emotion because it's probably the emotion that causes the most problems in terms of mental health and ill health and limiting people's lives and potential and stuff like that. And yet it's also completely essential. So we would love to think we could eradicate all fear, just get rid of it. And it's something, gosh, if we could choose never to feel it again, especially at the moment, I think most people would get rid of fear and anxiety without a second thought. But you actually really need it. So fear and anxiety is your brain's way of grabbing your attention and basically saying something really important might be going on in the world around you. Now, it's the might is really key because it's not definite. It's like a smoke alarm. It's going off saying something needs you to check it out. This could be a problem. But most of the time, it probably isn't. And that's the purpose of fear. So when we think about why are we having this stupid reaction? We've got to understand that at its baseline, it does have a really important function in the sort of normal, healthy functioning human brain. So it isn't necessarily a problem or an illness. It is a healthy human emotion, but it can so easily go on to cause problems. Mm, yeah. And so we're in a pandemic, COVID-19. It's basically all we hear about these days. And um now, but especially in the first lockdown, there was a lot of fear going around, like panic buying, people were buying all the toilet roll, all the flour was sold out, and there was fake news spreading about the pandemic. And we've been just surrounded 
in the like it feels like there's been a, a haze of fear just surrounding us during this pandemic and what can we do because it's it's we have a fear because there is a risk they like you said it is important that we have that fear um but what can we do just to say stay sane and to say stay healthy yeah so so let's understand three ways that fear causes problems like super quick. Number one is just when there's too much around. So right now your brain is setting off the smoke alarm all the time because mm. there's just a heap of stuff that's not normal. It might be risky. You might have to do something about it. Your brain is constantly triggering fear. So it's like when your smoke alarm goes off every time you put the toaster on. So and then we can feel inundated and we don't respond to it as well just because we're overloaded. It also makes the second thing more likely. And the second thing is, is overwhelm. So if you think of your fear level on like a naught to 10 scale, at the top end of that, like eight to 10, that's your brain's like emergency zone. And that's the kind of don't think and analyze. It's the get out, get out zone. So it's like think, act now, think later, just get out as fast as you can. And what happens as part of the way that your brain responds when it's in that overwhelmed zone is that it turns down your rational thinking. We all know what it's like when you suddenly you can feel yourself starting to freak out and you know you're not thinking clearly. And, and these thoughts start bubbling up in your head, those sort of panic thoughts. So what we're seeing in this season, partly just because there's so much fear around, but also because we're all stressed out anyway. So our baseline's like already up at seven and then it only takes something little to push us into that overwhelm zone. People are freaking out and they're not always behaving rationally. When you're in the overwhelm zone, sometimes the only thing you can do is is things that will calm you down, find somewhere safe, quiet, so your fear level can drop. And then you'll find you can think more clearly, make more rational decisions. But the other, the third way that fear can become a problem is what's called avoidance. So when we're afraid of something, we avoid it. It's just like, that makes sense, doesn't it? If you're scared of big dogs and there's a big dog over the road, you'll cross the road to avoid the big dog. Fear gone, problem solved. But the problem is every time you do that, you reinforce somewhere in your head a belief that the only reason something terrible didn't happen is because you avoided it. And the more you do that, the more you build up, in effect, a belief that if one day ever you didn't avoid the big dog, that would just be so catastrophically awful. So yeah. then it gets to the point where you see big dogs and your brain's like, wah, wah, serious panic, yeah. because you've built up this belief that you must make sure you always avoid them. So avoidance feels in the moment like it makes fear better, but in the long run, it actually makes it worse. And yeah. I think right now, when we've been kind of forced into avoidance by lockdown, you know, we've been in this nice little warm, safe space, stay home, stay safe. The government have been telling you it too. So when you then do have to go out, the same things happen. Your brain is like, are you kidding me? You've stayed in for three months because it was dangerous to go out. Now you're going out. Mm. And so there are lots of reasons why in this season it is inevitable that we will experience anxiety. Mm. What we've got to remember is that doesn't mean that the worst case scenario is definitely going to happen. Actually, it's kind of a moment of having to let your brain reset and gradually start to do things again when you get not now because we're back in lockdown but when you're able to so that you can relearn normal life i guess mm, yeah it's really interesting that you said about avoidance how we we avoid fear because that makes sense in the moment but then we start to think the reason we're what did you say this we start to think the reason we're not experiencing the fear is because we're avoiding it 
Yeah, so, I guess human beings like to live by an illusion that we have all the control. Yeah. This season, again, another reason we're feeling so much anxiety because we're realising there's an awful lot we can't control and that's yeah. scary, that triggers a lot of fear. Yeah. But so you like to th think that you are controlling and stopping the bad thing from happening. Mm. Actually, the reality is it probably, most bad things are very unlikely to happen anyway. Mm. If you got attacked by a big dog once when you were a kid, that was probably just super bad luck. Yeah. Actually, most dogs are fine. And if you gradually re-expose yourself to the thing you're scared of, mm. your brain can relearn that actually most of the time that's okay. And if you like respond a bit more rationally, it's like getting your smoke alarm back to the stage where it only goes off when you really need it to. Mm. Okay. So exposing yourself to the fear by kind of by your own choice slowly can rewire that fear kind of response. Yeah. And a lot of like a big fear that I've heard a lot of young people talk about is being afraid of social interactions, being a little bit afraid of big crowds. And I imagine because of COVID being so isolated from people that this might maybe uh, be a bit worse for people going back. What advice do you have for someone that's feeling this way, feeling scared of social interactions or maybe yeah. speaking with other people? And that's a really cool. So it's a really common thing. And I would say two reasons. Number one, just in general, because I say we don't like uncertainty if we're not sure how something's going to go because we can't control it. So anything that's new to us will trigger anxiety. This is why learning how to manage anxiety is a really good like life skill because anything in life that's worth doing will trigger anxiety. If you care about it, your brain's going to trigger anxiety very helpfully to make sure that you know that you care mm. about it. It's kind of really helpful. So anything that's new triggers anxiety. So if you're doing something new, like giving a talk for the first time or going on a first date or anything like that, you will feel some anxiety. And just like just like you were saying, you can relearn that mm. something isn't scary. When you start to do things for the first time, your brain has to learn that they're OK. So over time, you get more confident. You get you'll find your fear response starts to drop and although there are some things that always make you feel a bit anxious. So I do a lot of speaking and I still always feel a little bit anxious, but it's not like blind terror. Like it might've been the first few times you ever had to do it. Your brain gets used to it. So with confidence, which could be giving a talk or it could be just hanging out with mates or whatever it is that you're doing. You it's about just taking a little bit of a new step from time to time and growing it a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more. So your brain learns what you can do. And the other reason it's worth saying that for teenagers in particular, social stuff can be so anxiety triggering is because of the way that the teenage brain is changing. And there are some really significant changes that go on, like in, in what we call adolescence. So in your teenage years to do with your understanding of how other people look in on you, like how other people perceive you. And so for some teens, there can be a, a season like six months, a year, 18 months, it varies, where you just suddenly feel incredibly in a spotlight. It's just like, oh my goodness, it feels blinding, it's terrifying. Mm. And so in that season, that person might find that their brain is very, very sensitive to fear that's triggered around social situations, but it, but it will settle as they move through that sort of season of just dramatic change in the way that their own brain is maturing. Mm. Yeah, so you can... You got. To, I guess you got to be patient with yourself, and realize that you are growing. And eventually, I wasn't afraid of flushing toilets anymore. It just. I'm so glad to hear that. It took me a few years. That could be tricky. 
I grew out of it. <laughs> um, Kate, it's been so wonderful chatting to you. Thank you. You've shared some really insightful stuff. Um, I really appreciate all the work you do and uh, all the best. Yeah, that's awesome. Thanks very much. Thank you. Bye. Wow. Well, there you go. I hope that's been helpful. Be brave. Conquer your fears. My name is Matt. And I'm Ruben. And this has been the Youthscape Thrive podcast. And thank you for tuning in. And we'll see you guys next time. Da-do-da-do.